This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. friends. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, the Worth Recovery podcast. This is Amy. I'm your host here. I'm a sex addict and I've been sober since December 2nd of 2012. So today, today our episode is about the courage to circle back. Okay, so stick with me here while I tell you a few experiences from my life and then define kind of what circle back means And then why it requires a lot of courage from us and how we can do that. Before I jump into that, though, I just want a quick announcement. Uh, If you haven't already registered, we're starting to fill up our Courage Conference in February 24th. On February 24th, not in February 24th, in the Salt Lake City area. So uh, the Courage Conference is happening on the 24th of February in Salt Lake City, Utah. You'll want to come because it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there. I'm going to speak about choosing courage. I have four women from this area who are going to be there to speak about the different experiences that they have had choosing courage. One of them is going to speak, uh, Tara Lee is going to speak about the courage that it takes to let go of a relationship. A lot of times in recovery, we have to let go of relationships, Um, whether that's a marriage, whether that's an acting out partner, whatever it is. And Tara Lee is going to talk about that. Uh, we have Chelsea. Chelsea's going to talk about the courage to examine or re-examine, redefine yourself. She's going to share some of her experiences about in recovery, the requirement that it takes, recovery takes from us to be able to re-examine our own beliefs about our lives, about the world, and how she does that and kind of how that has worked out for her. We have Shannon. Shannon's going to speak about the courage to grieve, the courage to accept loss, the courage to go through that process and what that looks like in our lives. And we have Cami. Cami is going to speak about the courage to engage in the recovery process and really fully commit to recovery. And I'm excited to have these women come and speak to, with us and share their experiences. I think the more voices we can add to the discussion about courage, the better. Um, I know we're almost to the end of January here, and I feel like January has taken a huge amount of courage for me just to get through the month and to get all the things done that I need to, and I'm really grateful, grateful for you, um, our audience out there, and the Worth Recovery community, and all that you do to encourage me, and all that you do to, to keep going, so thank you for that. Oh, we have two other speakers at our Courage Conference. I can't believe I almost forgot that. So that's the morning, right? So I'm going to speak and then these four women are going to share their experiences and we're going to do some activities with you, um, the audience, and talk about courage in your own life and your own courage levels and how you foster courage and all of that. And then the whole afternoon is going to be dedicated to John T and Jackie P, right, from the Thanks for Sharing podcast. And they're going to be talking about the courage to accept and own our own stories and to gain strength from our own experiences and our own stories. And then how to use that in our lives and to change 
the ending, right? To change the results of our story. So how to accept our story, own it, use it in our lives to help us become better, and then ultimately how to change that ending um, based on our own decisions. So I'm super excited to have them. I adore them and their podcast, and I'm super excited to be able to partner with them on this Courage Conference. So come. It's going to be great. You can get information on the website, www.worthrecovery.com. And uh, and we would love to have you. It's awesome. Uh, early bird pricing is still in effect until February 1st. So make sure you get on the website and make that happen. And if you use the coupon code PODCAST10, all lowercase PODCAST10, you can get an additional 10 bucks off just for listening to the podcast. So podcast 10 will get you an additional $10 off, even off your early bird pricing. So get on a register. We'd love to have you. Okay, now to the point here. So circle back, the courage to circle back. So if I wasn't a mathematician, if I didn't love math as much as I did, then I would be some type of astrologer right? Or some type of astrologist that studied the heavens and the skies and all those things. I remember in second grade learning for the first time kind of about the solar system and the planets and the orbits that planets and stars and comets and all those things happened in, right? Um, It's probably not the first time I learned about them, but that's the time that really stuck for me. I have a lot of memories about studying the solar system and learning about planets and how things revolve around the sun and learning that not all of us go in exactly circular orbits, right? Some of our planets have circular orbits and some of them have elliptical orbits and all sorts of different things. And I remember that being a big deal for me. I had to do a planet report in second grade. And of course I chose Jupiter because Jupiter's the best planet. Um, so yeah, I had to draw this big map of Jupiter, this big like diorama thing. And I remember my dad helping me learn to draw a circle, all these different things. I have all these memories about learning about the solar system and the planets. And one of the things that was always super intriguing to me was the idea that one revolution of earth like one day right takes 300 or one year takes 365 days but if i was on a different planet it would take longer right depending upon the size of your planet and how far away you are from the sun and all these different factors would affect our own circular motion either our own orbit our planet's orbit or just our revolutions around the sun Um, And I remember being fascinated by that idea that my one year is not the same as one year on Jupiter. My one day is not the same as one day on Jupiter or on Saturn, or I still lived in the time when Pluto was a planet. I still think Pluto's a planet. Anyway, whatever. So the whole idea, right? Just the idea that all these things moved in different motions, but had together had a motion as well, right? That they all worked together as well. And I remember just being fascinated by that whole idea of a system and how the solar system worked together. And I still am fascinated by that, by the way, not like only past tense, but also present tense. And then I went to college years. So years later, right? I go to college and I'm a math major. And one of the courses I had to take was called non-Euclidean geometry. And you're like, I don't even care what that means, Amy. That's okay. Let me just tell you what it means for the context of this, and then you can forget about it. 
So when you were in high school or even when you were in elementary school and you learned about geometry, you learned what's called Euclidean geometry because Euclid, well, that was his last name, um, kind of invented most of that formulas and and are the one that the one that started a lot of that idea about geometry about how shapes interact and different relationships between the sides and the angles and all sorts of stuff of these shapes right euclidean geometry is all what we call two-dimensional geometry okay you draw the triangle on the page you draw the square the rectangle on the page and it's all 2d right it's not three-dimensional geometry it's just all the formulas only apply in two dimensions and all of the relationships like the Pythagorean theorem that only applies in two dimensions. Um, there's not a three dimensional aspect to these shapes that you would draw when you were in high school and you had to like do proofs, you know, to prove that two angles were or that two triangles were congruent or that two corresponding angles of. Yeah, all that good stuff. You know, I was going to recite some theorems for you and then I'm like, you guys don't really care. So point being, everything that you learn about in college, in high school and in elementary school is all Euclidean geometry. It's all two-dimensional geometry. Now, when I got to high, when I got to college, not high school, college, I had to take this class called non-Euclidean geometry. And in that world of non-Euclidean geometry, we're not talking usually about two dimensions. We're talking about three dimensions. And we're not talking about um, worlds where a straight line is the fastest distance between two points. Because really, in, in our world that we live in, you can't travel in a straight line because we live on a sphere. We live on a round shape. So none of us travel in straight lines. We don't drive in straight lines. We don't fly in straight lines. We live in a world of non-Euclidean geometry spherical geometry. In this class, we studied spherical geometry. We studied elliptical geometry. We studied all sorts of different, different ideas. And I remember this, I, this whole thing, like coming to this passion of mine, coming to light again about this idea of circles and systems and about, again, how, you know, when I fly, I travel in an arc, not a straight line. And of course, I love the mathematical calculations behind all of that because I love numbers and I love to make them all be beautiful and line up and tell me information. But I remember this idea of things aren't, you know, things aren't linear. The world's not linear. We don't travel in straight lines. Um, our lives are not linear. And I remember this idea coming back to me of, we live on a world, on a sphere. We rotate. We go around in circles all of the time. We travel around the sun, and that's another circle that we make. And we go, we do these things in circles and spheres and and or ellipses and ovals and all those things. That's that's how the world happens. The world is not linear, and I remember that like really sinking in. The world is not linear, and loving that concept and idea and you guys are probably thinking, whatever, why does this matter in recovery? So let me tell you why it matters in recovery. Years later, I remember sitting in my therapist's office, Aaron's office at the beginning of recovery. And my dad had died a little bit, you know, before that. And before my dad died, I spent a lot of time with my therapist talking about a lot of the issues I had with my dad. 
and some of the, you know, things I had to work through. I kept, I remember saying that all the time, like, I just need to work through this. I need to work through it. And so I would work through something and I would feel really good about it. And I would feel like we had come to some kind of resolution and I felt different inside about my dad. And, and then I remember it was probably like six or eight months after my dad had passed. I sat in his office and was having like a little breakdown and probably not a little breakdown because I don't really do breakdowns on little scales. It's usually a big scale. So I was probably having a really big breakdown. And I remember telling him, I thought I had gone through this. Like I thought I was past it. I thought that this was done in my life. And I remember this kind of look on his face like, yeah, Amy, you think the world is linear. He didn't say that, of course, because that's how I interpret things is in mathematical terms. But I remember him saying something to the effect of, things are going to come back. Like just because I work through something or just because I am, you know, past something, I think I'm past something, doesn't mean that it's not going to come back in my life at some point in time. And, uh, or come back in your life because he was talking to me, right? So, and I remember sitting there and thinking that is so dumb, (laughs) right? That is so dumb. Like I work through something and I get through it and I'm on the other side and it should not come back. Like I should just be able to all, every time my dad's memory comes up, I should be able to say, I've resolved this and it's great and I'm done. And I not have this anger come up or this angst or this resentment or this pain. Like I shouldn't have to feel that again and again and again and again and again. And I remember trying to explain to him, like, this isn't how the world works. Like, we, like, we're linear. Like, we should go just straight through things. And then I get on the other side and I'm done. And I don't have to deal with that anymore. And again, I remember him kind of shaking his head. And he was so patient with me. Aaron's so patient. He was so patient with me and my frustration about, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to deal with this again. I don't want to talk this through again. I don't want to have to do anything again. I want to do it one time and I want it to be over. One time, done. And I never want to come back. Ever. Ever. And him just kind of, you know, yeah, I get that. I, that sounds hard. I understand. And, and, uh, being, you know, just kind of being really patient with me as I vented. And then over the course of the next couple of weeks, really kind of thinking about things and really understanding that that's just not how the world works, Amy. The world is not linear. We do not live in a linear world. We don't get to just go straight forward all of the time. And we don't get to get through something and then not have it come back. That's not how anything in the world works. Everything starts over again. Everything revolves. Everything works in circles or ellipses or at least circular shapes in our lives. The solar system works that way. We live in a world that's a sphere that revolves and goes around and goes around the sun. All Everything in our lives is that way. It's all circles. It's all circles. And I, I learned, and then I, you know, I kind of talked to him about things and we talked about circles and how things come back in our lives. But, and then a couple years ago, just, I mean, just more recently, I remember talking to my therapist, this was Jackie, and saying something like, I don't, I don't, like I had had a conversation with someone that hadn't gone really well <laughs> at all. And I felt the need to revisit the conversation 
But I hate that word, revisit. (laughs) And I felt the need to like go back and maybe not necessarily apologize, but at least clarify some of the things that had happened in the conversation. And I was trying to describe this to her and things like, and she says, oh, you need to circle back. And I, it was the first time I'd heard that phrase. I'm sure that other people use it, but it was the first time I'd heard that phrase. You need to circle back. And I was like, oh, I need to circle back. And caming, but coming, oh, I'm struggling with words today. And my mind was flooded, came back to my mind, all these ideas of I need to circle back. I need to circle back on a lot of things in my life. And the reminder of the planet Jupiter that I love so much and the solar system and non-Euclidean geometry and this conversation I had with Aaron and this whole idea that our world is not linear. We do not live in a linear world where the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. That's true on paper. That's true in two dimensions. But we live in three-dimensional worlds. We live in a three-dimensional life. And in our world, the fastest way to get somewhere is a circle or a piece of a circle, an arc. And the idea that we are going to constantly circle back to things in our lives. And I have loved that phrase ever since, the circling back. I want to circle back with you. And I've used it a lot of times. I've used that phrase a lot of times. I use it in my work. Um, when I facilitate with, with organizations or groups of people, I say, I want to circle back. Let's talk about this again. I use it with individuals. I'll call someone and say, hey, can we circle back to this conversation that we had? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that I understood you correctly. Or I feel like I need to clarify something. Or maybe I need to apologize for what I said or how it came across. I love the concept of circling back. But more than just in that, in those two aspects, What the concept of circling back has done for me is realize that the issues or the concerns or the things that I work through, the anger, the frustration, the resentment, whatever it is, is going to circle back sometime in my life because that's how we work in this world. We are a world of circles and ellipses. And so, yeah. I spent a lot of time in 2011 working through the issues that I have with my father. And I came to some really good resolution and I felt really, really great about that. And then six months later, something happened and that was stirred up again. And I didn't feel great about it. And so I had to kind of work through a little bit more again. And then once I worked through it, it's like I put it on an orbit and it goes out into the world And sometimes it comes in circles back. That happened to me this week a little bit with my dad. Some of the issues that I felt like I had kind of resolved and I didn't really have any more anger or resentment towards. Some of that circled back in my life this week. And I felt that stirring of frustration and abandonment and all sorts of, you know, the criticalness and all sorts of things that I had about my father. I felt that kind of come back. And I was able to realize and kind of sink into that feeling and say, okay, here, the orbit is back, right? Some things I put on orbit and it's short. Maybe the orbit's one day. I get one day reprieve and then it's back in my life. Sometimes things I put take longer 
two, three months to kind of revolve around and then they come back into my life. Some things take years. I feel like this thing with my dad has been on orbit for a couple of years and, and now it was back a little bit. And the great, I mean, there's, I'm sure you think that there are pluses and minuses to that, right? Like you don't want things to circle back. I know that's how I am. I'm, I want to live linearly. I want to think that I can live linear, that I can just go through something and not have to come back. But there are pluses to that. There are um, really great things that happen when things circle back in your life. For instance, yeah, this thing with my dad has kind of circled back in my life. But, and, not but, and, and I'm a different person this time around. Like different things have happened to me since the last time I kind of evaluated some of this stuff with my dad. And I'm, I'm a different person. And so things look a little differently. They feel a little differently. The anger or the frustration that I had was not quite as acute. Actually, it's not very significant at all. I feel it, but it's not the overwhelming feeling that I had last time it was here in my life. Also, because I'm a different person and I've had different experiences, I look at some of these experiences or feelings that I had towards my dad or some of the things that were going on in different ways. Since this time around with it back in my life, I now have lost my second parent. And so it's a little different to kind of evaluate how those things impacted me or how that was a big deal for me. I also have learned a lot more information about my dad since this circled back in my life. And so I'm able to look at this information that I had or this angst that I had towards my father in a much different way because of the new information that I have. And so what that does is it allows me to revisit it with new eyes and to really evaluate some of the beliefs that I had around my dad and my and myself and our relationship and to determine whether that's true or not. And I can spend a little bit of time thinking about that and a little bit of time processing that before I come to some conclusions and some resolution and I send it out on its orbit again and let it kind of be in space for a while before it comes back to my life. It doesn't mean I don't think about my dad often because I do. Um, I think about him quite often. However, this it's not usually accompanied by this um, evaluation or this a lot of the anger or frustration or kind of that hold me back type feeling that it has in the past and that it has circled back this week. I hope that made some sense to you. And so I, through some writing and talking through some of this stuff and, you know, with people in my life, I feel ready to kind of send that piece of my life, that father relationship that was damaging to me back out on an orbit and really let go of it again with different eyes, with different feelings about it, with different connections and realizations about our relationship and send it back out into the world for it to revolve around again. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because it takes a lot of courage for us to allow things to circle back. It's not in my nature. I'm a, lin- I'm a linear person. Um, mathematics will do that to you. But I'm grateful that I also learned in mathematics that linear, that the linear world is only two dimensions. And I don't want to live in two dimensions. Two dimensions is boring. You only have, you know, a few directions you can go. Two dimensions is boring. People that are two-dimensional are boring. I live in a three-dimensional world. And with that, 
I have to accept the fact that we live in a circular world and that things in our lives are going to revolve and come back. And they're going to come back. It takes a lot of courage for us to be willing, first of all, to let it come back when it does. Because I didn't want to this time around. I felt that little bit of resistance like, oh, I thought I was done with this. And I'm not. And that's okay. And being willing to accept it when it comes back. That takes a lot of courage. And then it takes a lot of courage to reevaluate. To not just let it come back, but to say, okay, it, are, is this still true? Do I still feel this way? Is this still how this relationship I want to define it? Is this still holding me back in some way that I need to do some work on it? It takes courage to reevaluate, to allow ourselves to re-examine and to look at these ideas and concepts and relationships and to decide, make a decision about whether we're going to continue in that, I continue with those ideas or whether we're going to let that evolve. Not just revolve around our lives, but let it evolve, right? Let it change over time. That takes a lot of courage. And then it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, you know what? I'm I'm done with this right now. Like, I don't know that there's any more um, information I can gather or any more insight that I can gain in continuing to let this be a part of my life. And so I'm going to set it off out into orbit and let it come back around at another time. And a lot of that takes courage because it takes courage to let go of things and to not hold on to them, or it takes courage also to let it go thinking that I know it's probably going to come back at some point in time. All that whole process takes courage, and it takes a lot of courage on our part to to let those things come back, to evaluate them, and then to let them go again. So I wanted to share that with you today because I think that as addicts, we a lot of times expect our world to be linear and we expect us to work through something and then to let it go. Um, A lot of times I know I hear a lot of women say like they will have recently relapsed and they'll say something like, I thought I worked through this already. And I want to say, yeah, you probably did. You did work through this already. And it's back. It's revolved around. It's the orbits come back and it's back in your life. And willingness, having the willingness to let that come back, whatever that issue is, right? Whether it's childhood trauma, whether it's sexual trauma we've had, whether it's a relationship that was damaging, whether it was a relationship, you know, that you're currently working on that, that was abusive, whatever it is to allow those things to come back into our lives and to reevaluate them. Because when they come back, we are different people. And sometimes Sometimes when that revisits, we feel that old script and that old person kind of reawaken inside of us and say, oh, remember, remember how, you know, your dad did blah, blah, blah to you, right? And it takes courage to to tell that, you know, reawakening like older person inside of you, that old person, that old script to go away and say, look, that's not who I am anymore. That doesn't keep me captive. I can say no, I can move on, I can do different things. So I hope that today that this is useful for you, that you can think about some of the things that are maybe starting to circle back in your life that you've been resisting and say, okay, I'm going to let this in. I'm going to accept this. I'm going to reevaluate it. And I'm going to, at some point in time, send it back on its orbit. I, I love that idea 
And I hope that you can be able to do that in your life as well. I also hope that you'll use the simple idea of circling back in conversations and with people that you have in your lives. To be able to say like, wait, maybe I didn't handle that very well, or I need some clarity around this. And so I'd like to circle back with you on this conversation that we had. Um, Recently, I was able to do that. Uh, One of my friends kind of circled back with me around something that had happened. And I was really appreciative of her willingness to do that and seek some clarity on what had happened. It provided an opportunity for me to apologize which needed to happen. And it had also also opened the door for us to be a lot more open in our conversations and in our communication. And so I'm really grateful for that. You can have the courage today to circle back, whether that's just with one person, whether that's something that's revisiting in your life and recognize that our lives are not linear. They are circular. They are non-Euclidean. We live in a spherical world that's going, things are going to revolve. And the great thing is that as they revolve and come back into our lives around these orbits, we also evolve. And when we do that, when these things revolve back in, we have an opportunity to revisit and challenge them and to decide what the next orbit's going to look like and how much of that I'm going to send back out to orbit. I feel like this thing with my dad, every time it comes back around, There's less of it there. And then I re-examine it and I say, oh, I don't need to keep that either. And I can let go of some things. And then I can send a little bit less out on the orbit. And maybe next time it comes around, you know, by the time it gets here, it'll be even smaller. And that'll be great. You know, I'm not saying that everything's going to go away. But we can do what we can with what's in our lives and then send the rest back out on an orbit. So I hope all of that made sense to you today. I hope that you find that helpful in your own recovery, that you will allow things to circle back in your life and that you'll take the courage to circle back with other people in your life and to, and to work with them and to be with them and to be truly present with them and to have that courage. I want you to know that no matter where you're at in your life today, no matter what's going on, no matter what you've been resisting or no matter how linear you think your recovery journey has been. (laughs) Whatever your situation is that you find yourself in right now at this very moment, you are worth recovery. I don't care if you relapsed five seconds ago. You are still worth recovery. 100% worth it. I know that. And if you don't, you can just trust me until you can figure that out for yourself because you are worth it. I also want to give a big shout out to my Worth Warriors. Thank you so much for your support that helps to keep this podcast free for women everywhere throughout the world. We've hit some additional milestones with downloads and countries and all that good stuff. And I'm just so grateful that you find some value in my experiences. And thank you to our Worth Warriors who help to for the hosting and all sorts of things to keep this podcast free for all women. I hope that you're joining us at the Courage Conference in February or coming up. We've got one um, in Atlanta, one in Buffalo, and one in Seattle this year. So I'm hoping that you'll join us. I hope that you have a fantastic day and I want you to know that I think about you, I pray for you, and I love you. Until next time, Amy.
illegal stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.